projection-wise, last question. What, what do you think out of the Browns? Out of curiosity. Eight wins, nine wins. Nobody cares. No, no Browns. I just, I just ask a lot, man. <laughs> you got to bark if we the underdog. Well, I mean, my coaches were, you know, I say my idols, but in a lot of ways, the guys that I respected uh, as much as anybody that, you know, I've ever been around. We're back with another episode of the Underdog Podcast. This is the place where knowledge nuggets aren't something you eat, but something you learn. But before we get to tonight's show, we want to say thank you. Whether it's your first time listening or you're a faithful listener, please download and leave a comment so we can continue to grow the underdog community. And with that, let's get after it. Called my son. I told him, hey, there's a fire. Start packing. I want you guys to leave. So at this point, we didn't know the whole town was under an evacuation order. I got to the house, and right when I got to the house and I was in the room telling them, hey, let's let's pack, there's this huge explosion, like a war, like a bomb went off. And then there were several other ones. And as the fire progressed through town, it would hit propane tanks. Coach, want to extend a, a welcome to you and thank you again for joining us on The Underdog. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you. Give them three. There you go. Was that on the video? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. We yeah. had to do you justice. I was waiting for it. I thought he was going to go right <laughs> off the bat. I'm sitting over here ready ready to go. But, uh, yeah, welcome, Coach. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on. And and your story to the listeners, you know, just to, to kick it off, you know, those that don't, we, this is, we've had, we just mentioned previously how many guests we've had, fortunately from uh, ESPN that have had their stories covered. And this is another one. This is a very emotional story, uh, instrumental. And once again, it's not an individual, which is a lot of our guests, as Calvin just mentioned, it's 20 plus thousand people uh, that were affected. And so uh, the California wildfires, I know this was the largest uh, a campfire that was the most destructive in California history. Uh, deadliest in a hundred years, you know, heartbreaking as it is to watch that 153,000 acres, uh, ravished 18,000 plus structures ruined and 86 plus lives lost on that November 8th day in 2018. Can you go back to that date? And, uh, I feel like I'm Tom Rinaldi here from ESPN, but, uh, can you go back to that date and, uh, just lay it out for our listeners about what happened? Yeah, I just started, um, I'm a teacher at the high school. I teach physical education, weight training, and I'm the head football coach. So I went to school like a normal day and didn't notice anything. I went early. It was still dark. Um, went and got a workout in and then went and got some coffee at Starbucks. And while I'm at Starbucks, everybody's looking towards the east. I look in there and everybody that's in there is turned and looking towards this huge uh, pillar of smoke coming up. And it was, it was unusually large. It was like, there's definitely a fire over there in the canyon. And in the Feather River Canyon, you know, we're used to fire. So we live in the forest. There's fires over there. Our uh, CDF comes in, does a great job, puts them out. And it's usually not a problem. So we don't even, don't even bat an eye. It's just like everyday commonplace. I got back to the school. And I stopped in the parking lot and looked at this pillar of smoke and it was getting even bigger. And it was so, so dark. Um, it was incredible. 
So now it's about eight o'clock in the morning and our principal calls a meeting, pulls all the teachers in a room and says, hey, we're going to cancel school. We're going to you know, let's get our kids out of here. This looks like a pretty big event. I uh, didn't, I didn't, uh, still didn't feel that threatened. My house is over on the west side of the town. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, five miles. This fire is going to have to go through a canyon, five miles of town, and then get to my house. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good that that's not going to happen. Um, went outside after that, went back to my office after that meeting, and I just hung out, started helping kids get ready to go home and helping kids find rides because parents had to come and get them and they had to change the busing routes back. And so helped till about 8.45. I went out and I was out front of school and it becomes like midnight. It is so dark from the smoke. So I jumped in my uh, truck, started heading home. I called my son. I told him, hey, there's a fire. Start packing. I want you guys to leave. So at this point, we didn't know the whole town was under an evacuation order. I got to the house. And right when I got to the house and I was in the room telling them, hey, let's let's pack. There's this huge explosion, like a war, like a bomb went off. And then there were several other ones. And as the fire progressed through town, it would hit propane tanks. Um, so I decided that I was going to drive my old truck out. I have a 1947 Ford pickup. And it was the, the atmosphere. It's so eerie. And all I could think is if I can just get to town, the main part of paradise, I'll be safe. Um, can you kind of talk us through, you know, I guess the, some of the emotions later on that day as you kind of realize that, okay, like I'm, we're out and you're safe, but obviously a lot of other people unfortunately perish. But what were kind of your emotions later on that day as you start to maybe gather your thoughts and, and reality starts to set in? Yeah, you know, a lot of shock, a lot of disbelief. When I actually got out of the town, I looked over and saw the paradise sign burning and said, oh, could, you know, there's the paradise sign on fire. And then I, one of the most memorable things to me is when I drove into the town that we were evacuating to, Chico, and along the sidewalks by the Rayleigh's store were all these paradise people frantically looking in every vehicle for family. Every, everyone was homeless and they were looking for a spot to stay. And we had kids all the way to Oregon, kids in New York, kids in Colorado, kids down in San Diego, over in Bay Area. So the team was just everywhere. And um, some were gotten hotels in the area, but you could not get housing. It was impossible. There's like, 40,000 people flooded into the towns down below and you just there the just the the housing issue was as big as the fire as far as the impact on people yeah no i appreciate you being so transparent with the story i know it's got to be hard to relive it and walk us through it but i think for our listeners to uh go through that so that that takes us to that rock bottom moment right and now let's build it back up the underdog story of a town that's resilient, that is, you know, that I've learned, you know, and I want to hear from you personally is, is the heart and the heartbeat of paradise is, is tremendous. Right. And looking at the footage and I'd love to see your son's footage as well, but 
you know, seeing what, what, what was online or still is online, obviously is just, as you mentioned, devastating. And you walking us through that is just, you know, it's, I, I can't imagine. So glad you guys are okay. I know there was uh, lives that were lost that day and obviously tons and tons of damage done and, and families displaced. But now let's talk about, you know, bring the heart back, right? What circles around the football team, uh, in, in the school and the DNA of, of, uh, paradise and uh, the boys of paradise. I think you, you say it and let's start to build that back and how you've guys re- rebounded the underdog moment of saying, okay, Hey, you know what? We could quit. We could all, you know, move away. We could do this. We could do that. Why us? And then, you know, obviously we found out that wasn't the case. There was no quit in paradise. Can you start to build us back up? What happened was this, I was going to retire after this season from coaching and we um, immediately after the fire, things are really in turmoil. So, you know, you just, we're just keeping track of the kids. Uh, and we went to school. They set up our school in the Facebook building at the Chico airport. So it's this big building, open, uh, three stories, all open rooms. We set up our school there. We had uh, under under 500 kids. Our school started at over 1,000 kids. About half of them are there. And I just went there, and, you know, the, the seniors, they had to move on. I have a – the last period of the day, I have a class with all the – with the football team in it. And the seniors had to move on So because the semester started. So they weren't in this class anymore, and we had 12 people on our football in our football program left. And I just saw him on the first day back at this school. And I, and I went home and told my wife, I'm not, there's no way I can retire. It's just not the right thing to do. I think just real quick, I just want to touch upon that is how that relates to right now. Right. And, uh, I, I volunteer and broadcast for, and since we're in Cincinnati, Ohio, and there's a group that I do color analysts for, believe it or not, here in Cincinnati, we got we got broadcast for high school football games. But what I've seen, where I, where I guess where I'm getting to is the the amount what I've seen from week one. We're we're heading into week six here in Ohio, and Ohio obviously is a lot like California, where sports and especially football is significant to the communities and to the kids. And I can tell you that you know, sitting on the field and, and be pregame and watching these kids, they didn't know, you know, they, the seniors thought their season was over. And I can't even put in perspective to what you guys went through, but just even imagining what you went through and just to see these kids and how thankful they are just to play the game of football or whatever sport it is, it just goes to show you, and we talked about it a lot uh, in preparation, is how critical sports is to a lot of different things. We had a previous guest talking about how sports got – him through uh, racism, now sports through COVID, sports through other things. People don't realize how important interaction with others are. And I know for me, it's critical. Not everyone needs that. We're all different human beings. But, you know, seeing these kids out on a Friday night, and I can tell you the smiles, the 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 hand, you just can't get these moments back. And I think they realize that. And like you said, it's it's just fun to watch. It really is. It's super, super motivating to watch these kids go out and uh they're all thankful and you talk to them you interview them and they just say i just hope we can play next week because you never know when they're going to shut this thing down here in ohio or what happens it's just not not granted and i think for all of us 
you know, hopefully, um, you know, your team considering what happened. I mean, you guys came back, not just came back and won that first game. You guys have had a good 2000, you know, 19 as well, right? You're the coach of the year. Congratulations. Yep. Congratulations. We had to slide that in there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That was a roll. There was a long roll there. You know, I got my, my ADD coach sets in, so I wasn't the best in school either. So I feel for those kids from paradise in the displacement they had to deal with on top of everything. But uh, going back to that football piece, to see those kids come back, uh, what did it mean? You said 4,000 people came that night. What did sports do for Paradise? I want to sit on that for a second. What did the game of football in particular, how did it unite? Because I think right now we need sports more than ever, and I would love to hear your input on that. Yeah, I think what sports could do is for our nation now after with COVID is similar to what happened to us after that fire and football has always been a big deal in paradise. Uh, people will refer to us as a football town or this mountain town. That's what, you know, these kids have to do and they pour themselves into it. So the first game came along and it was a big event. Um, and so the people came and they just rolled in and they just kept coming and they stayed, we won the game pretty easily. They stayed all the way until, you know, 30 minutes after the game, just sitting in the bleachers because they had nowhere to go. They were all going to drive somewhere out of town because um, they didn't, you know, their home was gone. But what it did for our, t our community was, and the whole season really, just kind of started at this first game. It just brought them hope. It brought them something normal. Mm -hmm. Their Our lives have been turned upside down. It brought them something normal, something to, else to think about other than the fire and, and your living circumstances and your job circumstances and all of that. And after the, after the game, the kids were so upset. They were, they, they were just cr crying and a lot of tears. And I'm like, you guys, we, we had a great year. I mean, we didn't win this championship, but, you know, we, we were champions for our town. We were champions for just coming back. We were champions for the underdog. Yeah. And um, I thought I'd throw that in there for you. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, the uh, coach, one kid says, coach, it's just not this. It's everything. And I put it together that it's over. Mm -hmm. They're a place where they got to focus and go and be safe from their living circumstances and the devastation was done being with their teammates every day striving towards that common goal of, of being you know winning a championship um being with their coaches that was over and that hit them like a ton of bricks um so that just shows to me how important sports are to uh young people awesome. you know many kids many kids are just in school because of sports. And I know a lot of educators don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. And, and a lot of these kids are, a lot of these kids were, are in school and they graduated because of uh, football and other sports in their lives and coaches in their lives. Mm -hmm. And you just cannot replace that. Um, so. And I'll say this, you know, kudos to you, you know, um, as being a leader of young men and, you know, those kids, you guys, you know, put the, 
you put the city on your back, you put the town on your back for that year. So that exhaustion is, is completely understood because like you said, once it's over, they had to go back to reality after that 30 minutes of sitting in the stands and when the season in, like their lives are still, you know, scattered all over. And to your point, you know, that, that is that outlet. And, you know, again, kudos to you for, for being a leader and, and, and being able to, to uplift 14 to 18 year old. Typically we're talking to 18 and 22 year olds, but a kid 14 years old, I saw the one kid on your team. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying his name, but it was Lucas Hartley talked about having to uh, work a full-time job and take online classes you know, just to get his family through. So there's, and I know there's hundreds of stories like that. So, you know, I just want to give a shout out to you and and your staff, of course. Um, And obviously all the educators, you know, who who were able to help pull those kids through and and hopefully, you know, you guys have been able to bounce back as as Kyle mentioned. Yeah. And and coach, just to bring us to to, to current state, obviously we know how the football team is doing. I know there's more fires out in California. I don't know all the details of where they're at or what have you, but how is the current state of the paradise community rebuild and also have you guys been affected by anything else going on well the rebuild um i had the numbers in front of me so i'll just kind of take a shot there's been uh, i believe 450 homes rebuilt that's two years after 14,000 of them burned so it's slow people are pretty determined though mm-hmm. and, and uh right now right now in paradise we're on an evacuation warning so the fire is about 15 miles away. At highway 70 has not crossed Highway 70. Highway 70 is about where it started for the campfire. And so we've been um, under evacuation warning for about for two days now, which means be packed up and get ready to go because if they give the evacuation, if the wind starts blowing in the wrong direction and that fire jumps, um, they'll ask us to leave. And uh, so, I mean, after, you know, I, you try not to get anxious about it, but man, you get that uh, evacuation warning and your, your adrenaline starts going. Sure. Um, our home did not, our home did not burn down. And so we're back in it. We got back in it. We were out of our house for six months. So we got back in and on the June of 2019 and just been, had to do a bunch of repairs and, Everything burnt but our house. I mean, everything right up to our house burned. We have a, um, just under two acres here and uh, had had to remove 60 fir trees. I had to come and get my property logged by an actual logging company to get the trees out of here that were gonna that were dead. And had to get all the stumps out of here just on and on and on to get back to live here. But I'm thankful that we have, ha- you know, we have our home and we have um, a place to live. Right now outside, it's uh, we just came off a three-day power outage because of the wind. PG&E turns the power off, and um, it's it's so smoky outside right now. We couldn't be outside practicing football anyway because of the smoke. So, I mean, that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you know obviously you being transparent. Our thoughts and prayers during this time are are for you and the the Paradise community and. The closest I was, and, and those that don't know where Paradise, as we mentioned, is 170 miles north of San Francisco. I was uh, had the, the fortunate opportunity to go to, um, oh my gosh, Lake, uh, Tahoe. Lake Tahoe, goodness, heavenly, to ski. And it is, when you say Paradise, your part of the country is beautiful. 
So I hate to hear, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the unfortunate things that happened in the past and things that uh, you're going through right now, but there's one thing that's going to, the heart and soul of paradise is obviously they, the fires can't take away from what your community has in their heart. And that's to me is something I've learned through this process and understanding about there. And how does, um, you know, as we go through Calvin, I don't know if you have anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. how do we, how do we support, how do we support, uh, paradise and, and your football program? How do we raise awareness for, uh, maybe some of the things you guys get through is if there's anything on social media or there's anything, you know, someone listening that wants to donate, what, how do we help? You know what? They would have to email me, and uh, and then I, I could set that up with our boosters. Okay. Yeah, we would love to if you can get that information to us. We'll we'll post it, and what, I think what, what is your email? You don't have my email. Go ahead and post it. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and just say what it is real quick? R Prins P R I N Z at P U S D K twelve dot org. Okay. And I'll, I'll send you some air raid, uh, formations and, uh, no, just okay. <laughs> no, I, no, uh, wing T. Oh, right, wing so. T. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I volunteered at a high school where, uh, we, we uh, we ran the wing T as well. Coach, so I, are you giving the receivers love? Um, you know what? If they block, <laughs> yeah, stock blocking. You know. he wouldn't. So we're both football guys. He would not have uh, done well in the wing T. <laughs> So <laughs> trap down and uh, sweep. So that's, that's yeah, the, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We had, we had a heck of a receiver here. Uh, Jeffrey Mayo went up to Oregon. Yeah. One of our guys. And then he played for Houston. Then he played for the Eagles mm-hmm. and uh, he's still the number one receiver up in the university of Oregon. Wow. And so we threw him the ball. Okay. All right. All right, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, they he, double, double cover him when we run trap right yeah. at the middle for 60 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, Mr. Blackman had that talent to, uh, easy to throw, but he is the, he is a, still the leading receiver in his all. I found this out and I'm gonna give him a little plug. Cause I I'm, I'm going for, I have records. Shamana Julian, uh, I have high school record hall of fame. He still has a high school record here in Dayton, Ohio. So we're learning knowledge nuggets who went from paradise. And now we got CJ Eagles, yeah, the Granville Gunslinger here. So, before we digress, yeah, I, would, we... I would like to I would like to say this: if uh, you want to hear more about this story, um, Bill Plasky is a LA Times yeah. sports writer. He wrote four articles on us during the season. He's writing a book right now called Paradise Found uh, about all, everything we just talked about, and then uh, Studio One Hundred and One. It's a studio that does Yellowstone that um, I don't know if you've seen Yellowstone on, on t- TV mm-hmm. or Kevin Costner. Well, they're, they're making a movie of our whole story as well. And they're working on that right now. So you got something coming yeah. out for the future. How about we do this? How many guys are on your football team right now, coach? Right now we have about for this season so far, we have about 35. All right. I mean, that's my varsity team. We probably have, 60 or so in the program. So we're going to send you, we'll send you 75 shirts. I'm going to get them custom made. I'm going to donate them myself. We're going to send you underdog shirts that say paradise on the back. And uh, we're going to send them to your football team. So hopefully they enjoy those. We'll coordinate that with you. We want to give back to your program. That's a, it's a very football special to me. And then your guys story and the stuff you're going through right now. So we're going to, on the, on the, on the, make this thing happen. So, Hey, is um, Calvin going to sign those? Because he does hold that record back. 
Come on, coach. You can't you can't make this guy's head bigger than what it already is. You can see that bald spot already shining. You made it even brighter. Coach, so. if I ever move to LA or to California and you need a you need a receiver coach. Hey, there's just a difference in no cow and no cow, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That'd yeah. be good. And here's my last question. It's not really a question, but you got to make sure you have some input on who plays you during this movie. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to get on that. So, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we, we need to get your buddy Bill Plaschke on here. I love him. I love following him. Yeah, yeah. Him. Get, get Bill. Maybe we can get on together. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how uh, when you're launching this book, let's get Plaschke and you back on and we'll see how the paradise. We'd love to get a picture when we send those T-shirts out. If you could get a team, root, picture. team picture with uh, the underdog on it. and, and uh, you know, we're, we're not we're distant learning right now, so I do. I do meet with the team twice a week on Zoom, um, but um, I really haven't seen them in person. So hopefully our first game is January 8th. We can start in December and hopefully everything gets lifted by then so we can get going. Um, yeah, our state's doing a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we uh, we hope and pray for you. And uh, we know that that football will, will, will help in, in all your sports and more importantly, paradise that rebuild continues on for your community and uh, the resiliency is very uh, motivating and humbling and we can't thank you enough coach for your time and wish you nothing but the best we'll be in touch soon all right thanks a lot all right yep. coach thank, thank you. you thank you guys all righty thanks for listening to the underdog podcast please subscribe and rate our podcast on the apple and google podcast apps and send our twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at underdog pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.